Welcome to this Reach Wrestling TM Tight Special. Uh, founded in 2018, they've quickly gained a reputation as the top South prom- uh, top promotion in the Southwest with competitors like L.A. Taylor, Echo Reed, Women's Champion Aurora, Joey Seven, John Redmond, Charlie Sterling, Men's Champion Eddie Ryan, and fresh off the success of Brawl in the Guildhall that saw a 600-plus fan attendance, we speak to reach co-owner and former heavyweight champion, Mr. Jason King. How are you? Uh, really good. A C- couple of mistakes you made there. Oh, um, did I? You did, yeah. I mean, uh, I don't co-own Reach anymore. I own it all myself now. I, uh, My business partner's moved on to, to something different. Okay. Uh, that's, that's the first thing. Um, I am, you are right. I don't want to get off on a bad foot. I'm a really calm, as you can see. Um, you said <laughs> former heavyweight champion. There's no need for that. You know, so far right now, we're friends. So there's yeah. no, need to, uh, no need to make things difficult. I just wanted to really set my stool up. If you if you say stuff like that, I'll just hang up and leave. And, and that'll be an interview. So there's no. no need for it difficult, right? I'm here to try and just do a little bit of business and try to keep my personal feelings out of it if I can. Of course, of course. I mean, you were uh, an outstanding champion. So I... I, I... I do apologise. Let's talk about, it was a fantastic show, Brawl in the Guildhall. You sent me the link, I watched it, I was thoroughly entertained. Great production, first of all. Uh, Excellent venue, what a venue. Wow, Uh, the lighting, uh, the commentary team came through nice and clear, something that some still struggle with. But uh, that was, uh, as I say, all around a really great card. And... uh, it set the stage when you had Joel Redman and Charlie Sterling open that show. Two of the best wrestlers in Europe, uh, possibly world, to be honest. Uh, what a match they had. Yeah, I think, like, uh, first of all, thank you. It's really kind, um, the nice things you said there. So, like, uh, I think all in all, the show, just in general, let's, let's hit on that. It was a big team effort. Um, we had a, a team of guys and girls with us that external companies that I've spent a lot of time thanking since then and now, and, and, and really a team of sort of three core guys that, that, that made this, I mean, the, the whole team worked on this, but three of us in particular uh, came together to really, really, really make this event uh, uh, like a success. Right. And even, I think the crazy thing is even when you vision a success, I don't think I envisioned it to be as successful as it was. Uh, uh, things like the production were fantastic. And I almost, I wish that I'd, I could have, relaxed more on the day so that I could have really taken in the quality, like as you say, the commentary, the filming, the, the photographs, the production. I, it almost was such a blur because of the event size and trying to make sure everything was was so smooth. But everybody, I mean, has come back and, and, and spoke about how great the production was. So that's really, really made me feel good. Uh, hearing you say that too is really nice. So so see, now we're back on the right foot. See? <laughs> there we go. See, there's no problems now. So uh, for now, there's no problems. But I think... Uh, it's just really nice to hear that the work we put in has clearly been not just noticed, but appreciated because uh, no one wants to hear the sob stories and the boring. They just want to see the show and have a great time. Right. But so much went on behind the scenes backstage that you just, you just hope to high hell that somebody sort of goes, do you know what? They put in a shift here and it was really, and that's our first one, first time doing it. There's a lot of changes we'll make obviously uh, for the next time around. February 25 of next year, I think it is. I hope I've got that date right. Um, it's the Saturday, the end of February, so 24, 25. Um, 
it just really, really is nice to hear that, that everyone appreciated it because it was a team effort. I mean, like I say, three of us were leading the way, but it's a team of nearly 100 people involved to make this thing a success like that. And I think that it probably separates us from just about 99% of the other British wrestling companies because we put together something that and it, I never try to dig at anybody else because there are really good ones out there. Some really, really good British wrestling companies. I don't really actually spend any time watching them. Uh, maybe I should. I, I, I don't really care. Like I just, I don't yeah. really give a rat's ass. But I just, uh, I just know that it takes a very special level of work. Like, it, it, and it's the amount of work that hmm. people don't want to put in that we put in to make the event successful. So to hear you say that right off the bat is super, super awesome, and it still makes me feel good. And it like. It's not that it humbles you, not in an arrogant way. It's just that you put in so much work that you hope people notice. <laughs> so yeah. the way you do, it's like, ah, oh, almost like, thank God for that. Like, you know, we're being recognized for, you know, but but the work doesn't stop there. You know, we, that, that's like, right, we've gone one rung up the ladder, right? Or a couple of rungs up the ladder. Now we're like, okay, we've now got to keep that position, right? And we've got to keep moving. We can't do less work now. It can't go backwards. <laughs> so we've still got to, still got to keep grinding. But yeah, thank you for saying that. It really was a good, good, hard team effort. Uh, it really was, really was. Uh, everyone did deserve uh, applauses for that, and, uh, and and that includes every person who competed on that show as well. Yeah, as you say, I can't couldn't pick any match as a bad match. So uh, and let's say Joe Rem and Charlie Sterling. Yeah, that, that, what a match! Because you said didn't you just before we went on? Yeah. Um, about Joe Redman. he like I say it all the time about Joe. He he, he's probably the best in the country. So there's three or four guys that are, we're all different, right? But but the talk about who the best is could be. I mean, everyone's different, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone sees things differently. But I don't think there's anybody that would say he's not, at, you know, at least as good as whoever the best is, right? And mm-hmm. uh, I spoke to a couple of guys from NXT UK. Uh, was that show not that long ago? And I spoke to some of those guys and asked how things were going and you know how the life is for them and everything. And I asked them a, a simple question. Um, and um, people that are honest enough to admit, really, without being biased, who the best is. And Joe Redman hates, by the way. Some people won't notice about him. If he hears this, which he probably will, because he because another credit to Joe, he watches every single match at every single show, can offer unique, honest feedback to every match. And he does not like being complimented. <laughs> he hates it. If you tell him how good he is, he just kind of like walks away. Like, I don't want to hear that. That's not like, because he doesn't see himself how we all see him. So, so I'm sure he'll hear this or some, someone who's a sniveling. So, so we'll show him this yeah. probably or some points on him. Or I don't know, but, but I love Joe and, and, and he, he's so, so good that, that he's at least, at least as good as the best. And I spoke to someone from NXT UK and I said to them, do you guys, uh, what's going on with Joe? What, you know, this is almost like an age old joke. You know, why is Joe Redman not in, you know, it's probably not a joke to him, but <laughs> I was like, why is he not in NXT UK? And, and this person says to me, you tell me. And I, I, I asked this person, I said, you guys still think like Joe's the best, right? And they were like, yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. Well, that's not changed. <laughs> so it's almost like everybody kind of, nine out of 10 people kind of rate this guy. It's like, oh, he's number one. Yeah. But if you ask him, super humble. Super good guy. He's like, no, no, that's not me. I'm not here. But, but, but you're like, dude, that, that's you. You've become that guy that he looks up to. He looks up to the James Masons and the Doug Williams and and, and Steve Gray and Johnny St. Johnny Kidd, all the guys of 
his generation that were on top. He's still humble enough to see them as the, the leaders, you know, mm. of British wrestling. But other than probably Finlay, off the top of my head, I, I can't say we've ever produced, in my honest opinion, I don't know that we have, now hearing me say this now, this is truly honestly what I really think. I don't know if we've ever really produced a, a, a better pure wrestler than Joe Redman in the country's history ever. Mm. And the crazy ass thing about it is he's here right now. I think in years to come, I hope with my fingers crossed that he gets another run somewhere like WWE or AEW or somewhere and that he gets that second chance to go back to the top to show people he's older, he's wiser, he's maturer, but he's just as good, if not better than he was the first time around. And I really, really, truly, truly, and I want to gain nothing from it, but just like, I just want to see him at the top where I think he belongs. Um, if somebody had said to me, Jace, we can sign you or we can sign Joe Rebbin. I'd say take Joe Rebbin. <laughs> and I mean it too. I mean it because I'd say, look, if I, I got to compete with that guy, don't bother. There's no, like, take him. You know, he's just, he may be as good, truly, truly, honestly, as good as a, a pure British wrestler for that British textile as we've ever produced in the country. Mm. You know, as, as think about that for a second. As we've ever probably produced, like ever, I mean, that's, in, that's, and he's here now in our generation. And when I think of that, I tell my students all the time, don't be afraid to go talk to Joe. Yes, it's Joe Redman, but you've got to, you've got to be able to look him in the eye and say, can I have some feedback? Because he's not going to lie to you. He's going to tell you the truth. And if it's, if it was real poor, he's going to tell you it's real poor, but then he's going to tell you how to make it better. And I think a lot of people fear getting that real honest, hard feedback from somebody that's trialed and tested and world traveled. Yeah. He's the best guy because he won't lie to you. He won't lie and say, hey, good job, kid. If you did bad, he's going to tell you. You did bad. And who more qualified than him to tell you that? Does that okay. make sense? As you say, the, the, the classical British style. Uh, and, uh, you know, he, if he wants to, he can be very entertaining for children. Oh, so he can yeah. bring that theatre level. And mm -hmm. I, I think a lot of people do forget he was the first NXT Tag Team Champion alongside Pack as yeah. uh, Oliver Gray, but and just for me, so good. And uh, Joel Redman, who I know's worked, I'm uh, sorry, Charlie Sterling has worked alongside Joel for quite some time. Yeah. Uh, they've been tag team champions in other places, and he's learned from that. You can tell, you can yeah. see some of Redman in Sterling. And just what an opening match. Really, really and great we, match. Both former, former heavyweight champions in reach. Um, it was kind of set the tone, really, was the idea, was to, to mm. give fans a sort of... But for new fans that had never been to the show before, it was kind of like our way of saying, right, this is what British wrestling's about. This is what we do here at Reach. Have a watch of this. You tell me what you think of this. And, and like, you almost kind of... Almost feel a bit smug, like, <laughs> see what we gave you? <laughs> but it's like value for money for the price of a ticket to watch that alone i mean it doesn't really get much much better than what they were able to do between the ropes to be honest it doesn't really get a lot better i mean mm. i don't know anywhere but you know he touched on everything every type of thing that you've seen and done you know they touched in it all and it was yeah. great build just then you had uh, uh that tag team match a uh, little problem with king fox because uh, he had his tires slashed by some some somebody we don't know who, uh, but country big. Name says it all with country big. Really, yeah. really does. I think this was the first time I clearly got to see. Uh, I, I've heard about him. I, there was a lot of buzz around the southwest, and uh, seeing him in action, I was just like, 
Yeah, he reminds me of, you know, I'm not saying he's like a Stan Hansen, but he's got that body, he's got that physique, he's got yeah. that huge clothesline. Yeah. Uh, Murdoch, someone like you ever see Dick Murdoch when he wrestled? Mm. Um, big. He's a he's a guy that that. So a little bit of history on him. He he wrestled for years before I even broke in, and he um I don't think he ever quite found his his like his spark moment. Right? No one ever questioned his his ability between the ropes. No one ever questioned if he was capable, competent, um, able. Everyone was aware of his quality he just didn't quite find that spark to to take him that level up right and this country big thing he, he this character he's sort of come on with it he just it just hit the mark and and it's almost like people suddenly turned around and went hey who's that guy i've not seen him before and it's like he's been here 10 years like why were you not looking at this guy 10 years ago but we had him uh, on our first ever show. He won like a, what we call the contract battle room um, as a way to highlight him, right? So straight off the bat, people were like, oh, you know, he won like a 20-person battle rule. And we, and I don't think he's, he's probably missed one show in three years. You know, he's a, a fundamental, one half of our tag team champions over uh, the Fox. He is a fundamental piece of uh, wrestling uh, in reach. He just, he, uh, very, very giving for the newer people. Uh, extremely talented between the ropes. Um, does the job and like you say he's one of those unsung heroes he's one of those guys where you unless you know him you don't even know to look for him you know what I mean you'd never stop and say oh, I need to see that country big it's only when people start talking about him and he's probably one of the most sought after heavyweights in the country by other heavyweights mm. They his name gets brought up to promoters more often than not what about country big and they're like I don't know who that is <laughs> trust me you got to see this guy and he, he it's always repeat business when you book him because you know when you book him once you watch him work you say shit who's that I want that guy again you know he's, he's very very talented and it's almost like he just he's just not in not seen perhaps in the mainstream so much but we're at reach now we're becoming more mainstream people are suddenly eyes are turning to, to see what's going on here at reach wrestling but he's one of the focal points so there are a lot of people now at reach that probably in this part of the country that weren't seen before suddenly people are, are saying well, wait a minute, what the hell? Like, who's this guy and that girl and who are they and this team? And, and it's it's like a whole new new world of characters, right? He's right at the top of the list. Absolutely right at the top of the list. And then uh, they took on the team of Grayson Reeves and another very big boy in Bullet, uh, who, again, been a lot of buzz about Bullet uh, on, on that Southwest and he's, he's starting to creep upwards further and further. And yeah, he's got a great look, great size to him. Uh, Grayson Reeves, they had some good teamwork, but Country Big seemed to just have Grayson's uh, number. Yeah, it's happened a few times. That um, it, Bullet, he's another good guy. He's a good guy. Not many, not many real, truly good people in British wrestling. But I think Bullet, in my experience, in my in my time with. With Bullet, he's he's one of those good guys. He's a real good dude, and he um he's wrestling Joe Rebbin all the time. He's always at, I've been at the show the other day where him and Joe went on together. And it, from what my understanding, he travels with Joe a lot now. He's got a real desire to get better, and I've heard him in locker rooms saying about how he wrestled for years, and he sort of realized one day, like, yeah, I'm not getting any good, or I'm not getting any better. And he just something must have just clicked in his head, and he was like, it's time to go to work or time to change something up. But like you say, look at him now. People are saying it. I'm hearing about him. I mean, we use him, but I'm hearing about him all the time. Real mm. good guy. Um, very easy to market. Great look. Very respectful. Great in the ring. Very appreciative of his position. And uh, goes to work. Just gets in there and goes to work. 
doesn't mess around, goes to work, does the job. Whatever's needed, he's in there and he's there to go. Good dude. Real good mm. guy. That's the guy getting a it's nice to see someone like that get a spotlight too. He's another one, another good dude. Yeah, I definitely see a uh, big things in uh I don't know, all four of those guys, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, you had your They're all, so good. <laughs> They're all a real good group there, a four talented. What, what they call them workers, don't they? Like four talented pro wrestlers, just four guys that know the job, know what to do, get in there and put on the show. They know the story. They understand tag titles on the line, no messing around, you know, and then all four will be back one time or another, you know, for sure. And it was the that Academy Battle Royal where you got to showcase, because uh, you have the Reach Academy. We'll talk a little bit more about that in more detail towards the end. Uh, where you are producing some absolutely uh, fantastic young uh, competitors. And, uh, I mean, the three that I would highlight in this match, and I'm sure would probably be the same, was Alexander Gray, the winner, Joe Costa, and uh, the former champion, J- Jordan Sparks, who held that title for so long, uh, brought very much prestige to it. And, again, three amazing young competitors. Oh, man, you know, we're so lucky. Like, um, it's the craziest thing. Um, I, 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 when I start talking about this stuff, you're going to have to reel me in a little because my passion goes, I get real excited. And I'll, you're going you're gonna to have to slow me down or stop me at some point here because I, I go down the rabbit hole a little bit, get a little bit in depth. So if you can bear with me, I will try to bring it back to, to the point. But um, I think as a coach, as a wrestling coach, for me, Having someone, I'll just use Jordan as one of the examples. Having a guy like Jordan who's 21 years old and is as talented and as coachable as he is makes my job so easy and so fun. Don't uh, He's not perfect. Make no mistake. I pull him up for things when he makes mistakes. But he's so receptive to coaching and feedback. And it makes my job a pleasure to watch him almost grow match by match by match, almost get better match by match. And there was a period there where he almost just he was like a seasoned uh almost like a seasoned worker and i mean no not i'm not tooting my own horn but i spent a lot of time teaming with him and and i was watching him learn and grow and get more confident and it was a pleasure at 21 years old you know to be able to, to have that kind of that ability you mentioned the other one joe costa he's also 21 years old a two county powerlifting champion i think joe costa's got 28 inch waist and he uh he is a strong he's the strongest guy in our school pound for pound he, he is immensely strong, immensely, can do pause reps with 100 kilos on a bench press. And Joe weighs about 10 stone. It is astronomical. His legs, top of his legs, Jesus Christ, truly. He And yet Joe Costa, also 21 years old, extremely talented athlete, hard worker, dedicated to his craft. Beside those two, we got a guy called Carl Parker. Uh, I don't know if you saw Carl Parker in the battle row. 21 years old, looks like a Greek god. Uh, jet black hair, olive skin. Um, another one, super great athlete, 21, 22 years old. Toby Valentine, um, farm strong Toby. Alt- naturally strong. I mean, he lifts weights, but he's just naturally big, strong. Mm. Um, another great athlete. He, he had a weakness with his conditioning as a big heavyweight. He wasn't as conditioned as, say, the smaller guys. He spent so much time working on his conditioning. Now you've got a heavyweight as fit as any heavyweight in the country, except maybe Joe Redman, but, <laughs> but you've got him as fit as every heavyweight in the country. And he just, he's 22, 23 years old. And I'm just looking around this locker room and I'm saying to myself, holy shit, I, I'm finding these elite level athletes 
you've got to coach them the right way. You've got to build them the right way. You can't rush things. They're all young, full of testosterone, right? They all want to go now. They want to be on top now. They want to do this now. They want to do... You kind of got to pull them back a little bit sometimes and say, take your time. Don't rush. But it is a pleasure to coach, um, to have... And that's just four of them. Mm. To, have one, to have one, to have one competitor like that at any one time for a coach is a blessing in disguise. I could sell me out of the money I'm going to make on one of them. I got four of them. <laughs> and there's more like, again, like I said, if I've gone down a rabbit hole, if I start here now, I'll, I'll never stop. But it's just to highlight the fact that um, to put most of them in that match, of course, the eventual winner, Alexander Gray, he's been wrestling five years. And another one that's under the radar a little bit. He came to us from a different school um, and to- he told me, here's a story, a backstory about Alexander Gray, told me on day one. I said, what's your goal? Because he, we, we really, we killed him off nearly with some, uh, some hard conditioning. Conditioning, mm. we do the fitness training is very hard. Yeah. Nobody, hundreds of people come through our door over the years. Not one's ever going to walk away and say, "Oh yeah, I'm blitz that condition." Because he's not, because it just, it's just not. <laughs> and on the on his first day, you know, he nearly passed out. We see people pass out all the time. People throw up all the time. It's crying. It's just normal, really. Yeah. We just get used to seeing it, right? Sounds a little bit dramatic if I'm saying it so blasé, but you have to understand. We're teaching professional athletes here. This is, this is later of the job. Yeah. With Alexander Gray, he's pretty much passed out on the floor. He's grey. We had to give him some peanut butter because he needed some sugar. It's a funny story. Uh, and uh, I asked him when he was trying to gasp for breath, I said, what, what, you've been wrestling years. What are you doing here? I said, why are you here? Why are you just quit? And he uh, waited 10 minutes till he finally got his breath back. And he sat up and he said to me, I want what he's got. And he pointed to Jordan Sparks on the other side of the room. And he said to me, I want to be the Academy champion. And I laughed. <laughs> I said, all right, mate. Yeah, good luck with that. And I thought, no, nah. I thought, no, nah, I don't think so. And you know, I'll be, I told him this. I said, I don't think so. He's been wrestling at that point four years. And I thought, you've been in this business four years. The habits we'd have to unteach him and then reteach him, the work he'd have to put in, you know, to, to almost restart all over again. But shit me, did he do it or what? In front of 656 people, <laughs> he became the Academy champion. So, you know, it's not even that there's hope for everybody. There's 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 opportunity for everybody if they put the work in. He's not as young as the other guys, but they didn't outwork him. No one outworked him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Nobody worked harder than him. It would have been easy for him in his mid-30s to say, you know what, uh, maybe, you know, it's a bit late for me. Maybe I've been wrestling too long. Now. I'm going to move this. Nah. He comes to class every single day, brings the belt to every session, puts the belt on a table, kind of looks at people and kind of says like, okay, what are you gonna to do tonight? How many reps are you gonna do? I'm gonna do one more. How fast are you gonna go? I'm gonna go a little quicker. How hard are you gonna work? I'm gonna work a little harder. And that's always been the mentality of our Academy champions, Joey Seven, Jordan Sparks, Alexander Gray. And it'll be the same for anybody else that wins the Academy Championship because there's prestige in about when there's we got 51 students at the moment. When there's 51 students all looking at that championship saying, Well, I want that, you know, ask 50 other people to come through that door looking at you saying, Okay, well, if you're the best. What are you doing that I'm not doing? How do I get what you got? And it's a friendly, fun, but fiery competition. Yeah. No, you can you can see it in the battle that they all actually uh, had. And then uh, what a street fight. Nick Riley, man like Beano. That's good, wasn't it? Crazy, crazy at times and uh, exciting. I mean, Beano's died from the balcony. Uh I like Harry. He um he is a <laughs> he overrotated a bit, didn't he? Yeah. I didn't see it on the night because I was probably doing something else. But I I ended up see like when I watched it back, he almost overrotated and landed on his feet nearly. 
uh, instead of his back. I thought, Christ almighty, good job over someone had a catch him. You know, um, I was worried <laughs> when I saw it back. I had one of those kind of ah moments, but um, what a bad old scrap was it? Had it, it was, go with it, those two. Had a good uh, they, 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 they hit some very uh, unique uh, jumps over the barriers at one point as well. Uh, I think Nick, Nick Riley did the cannonball, and then Bino comes along, comes back with a Hurricane Rana. Great, because uh, Nick Riley's on a tear at the moment. Of course, his uh, Smokey and Aces team tag team partner, Mr. Charlie Serling, came out. They maybe going to make a mark on Reach now? Do you think? Looks that way, doesn't it? it looks like they uh, looks like they want to. Um, I guess we got to wait and see what's happening, right? We got to yeah. wait and see what comes. But I think if you you'd probably It'd probably be a wise bet, I would suggest, to perhaps, uh, perhaps, uh, bank on seeing those two. And if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen, but it looks likely. I think they're a good mix for each other, those two. Um, good, good pairing. It's a real good pairing, Nikki and Charlie. I think they complement each other very well. It kind of reminds me of like when Joel Redman was, uh, had. Charlie Sterling was kind of taking him on a little bit. Now you've got yeah. almost the same. You've got, I've got Sterling with, Nick, Sterling with Nick Riley. I know, I think all three of them are very good friends and yes, and Reese as well, yeah, all yeah, down on that coast. And uh, just uh, as you can say, they've been performing. Uh, I mean, I know you say you haven't been, but they've been a great tag team now for quite some time, really out of nowhere. And suddenly, they're almost one of the best tag teams in the UK. And they're probably like, are they not the? Ho- I mean, they were. I know they were tag team champs in London, weren't they? So yes. they, they are they not? I, I know someone. I got told the other day they lost the belts, but but they, if they're not the most sought after team right now in the country, then I don't know who is. No. Because me, again, I I do try to pay attention to what's going on in British wrestling, obviously, but I just. I'm not very good at it, I'll be honest. Keep um, your ear out more. Yeah, I could probably keep my ear out more. But is there anybody, uh, is, is there anyone that is more talked about than those two as a team? <sighs> Hard pressed, maybe the Kings of the North uh, from Ireland, uh, uh, Damien Corvin, but both. Kings of the North and they're from Ireland. Yeah, from the Northern Ireland. Uh, uh, oh, Northern Ireland, right. It's a lot of name, isn't it? From Northern Ireland, I got you. Okay. Yeah, so uh, Damien Corvin and Bonesaw are probably the only team, and uh, the, the Aces did beat them already, so uh, oh, there, you there you go. There you uh, go, yeah. And then you had a, a little supplemental match, Andy Knott versus Victor Brady. Uh, Andy Knott, uh, Red Hot came out and became your another champion at Reach. Uh, yeah, so he won the Academy Supplementary Championship. So, so we we had the Reach Academy Championship, and we had a Patreon tournament to crown the Supplementary Champion. That bounced kind of just below the Academy title, really. It yeah. um, it was because there's so many students now at the school. Only one in each each generation or each year, roughly, usually, is the academy champion. One in each kind of almost class, if you will. Um, yeah. In, it's, the academy championship, to be the pinnacle of a training school like ours, really is very tough. And it, 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 
out of 50 people, one, maybe two might win that belt at any one time, you know, and it just, we wanted something for almost recognition for hard work and for that a little bit extra. And I think just like a, something for, to see on unit 10 shows and on our academy shows, we just wanted something additional, like almost like a mid card title, right? For our unit yeah. 10 shows, for our academy shows. And, and we, the supplementary title was, was born on, on our Patreon that we had. We, we haven't got Patreon anymore, but it was born on the Patreon. It's won by Alexander Gray. And then uh, Victor Brady uh, sort of attacked him that evening and, and took the belt from him. So then we got Andy Knott versus uh, Victor Brady. Um, good little match. Uh, Andy's real popular in the Plymouth area. He uh, busted his, his back. He's a guy that's 40 years old that came to us a year and a half ago and said, look, I want a wrestling match uh, near my 40th birthday. And that was always the plan for him was to, to try and get in there. Uh, he's put a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of energy in trying to get to that point. A lot of people, I think, looked at it like, oh, yeah, how's, how's this? This is convenient. How's this happened? They don't know the work that went on behind the scenes for Andy. He, he, I don't know if anybody, and, and talk to, now, I don't, rule number one, no lies. I, I, I never lie, all right? Forget wrestling, in life, I just yeah. don't lie. It's, we, it's not me as a person, all right? So, so I will never lie. So, rule number one, no lies. Andy not probably put in, as much work, like now, hear this. As much work as anybody in the entire that 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 played any part in brawling the Guild Hall, he probably put in as much work as anyone, even me included, <laughs> me included, to get to the point he got to. And I know there were some rumblings, and some people I I, I didn't hear it directly to me because I would have shut him down. But I'd heard from sort of second, third hand people saying, "Who's this guy? It's his first match? Kind of was he? You know, he's had a couple of matches. He's done some camps." He's done some unit tens. Not that I have to justify it to anybody, but I think there was this feeling, where's this guy come from? Um, he's got this big support of all his friends and family. He did what a professional wrestler is asked to do. Go out and draw a crowd. Go out and entertain a crowd. He drew a crowd and he entertained them. <laughs> and uh, he was successful against Victor Brady. So I didn't understand some of the backlash that he got. Um, I hope I haven't got many heat bringing it up, but, but he got a bit of backlash. I couldn't understand why. He, he did exactly what was asked of somebody that's a student in pro wrestling or a professional wrestler, go out, perform to the best of your ability, bust your ass to her on a spot and, uh, and sell some tickets, show the promoter, show the world that you're a star in some description. He ticked all of those boxes. <laughs> he ticked them all. So, and to beat Victor Brady's, you know, Victor's a good pal of mine. He's uh, still steaming now. So, and it's a month later. He's, he's not in a very, he's not in a good mood. Most of the time he's in a worse mood now. So, what, what are you feeding the guys down west? Because there's a lot of big boys over in Breach. And two more were uh, Lance Cole and uh, Lucian Phillips. Yeah, Dude, we... I mean, Lucian's almost... It, it, it's, it's arm length, everything. It's hands, it's huge. I'm it's sorry about that. Boy, he? He's either... Uh... Lucian Phillips is either one step backwards in evolution or two steps forward. <laughs> I, I, I don't know which it is. I really don't know, but he, um, <laughs> but he's a uh, man. He's we've had a tag match with him before, and when he open hand palms you, he hits you so hard. He doesn't know how hard he's hitting you because he doesn't know his own strength. He hits you, man. It's like a frying pan is hitting you. He, uh, he's. He, I've had something with him up in the southeast before. He's chopped me, bang, open hand chop, and I've I've hit that floor, and I've been like. What in the name of the gods just hit me? Like he's like he he's a huge he's a huge naturally sort of broad, large built man. Mm. 
if I'm walking in the street, no one's calling me small when I'm walking down the street. I'm 13 stone, I'm muscular. But you stand me next to Lucian Phillips, I look like a like a 14-year-old boy. He he is a humongous, <laughs> humongous man, deceptively large frame. And you like you say, we've got loads of these heavyweights floating around. And it's crazy when you think, because these guys are they have that larger than life appeal. You're not going to see someone looking like Lucian Phillips working in a McDonald's or in your local garage next door. That's the kind of guy you look at and you think, if someone tells you he's a pro wrestler, you'd say, yeah, fair enough. Okay. <laughs> no question from me. And Lance Cole is obviously aesthetically a slightly different look to Lucian Phillips. He looks fantastic. His, his dedication to his, his craft, you know, his, his beauty. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they were beauty and the beast so yeah. at one point uh, at tag team uh, and uh, you had four incredible young ladies L.A. Yeah. Taylor, Aurora Tevez Ruby, Echo Reed what a fantastic job each one of those uh, women did in that match and Aurora sorry not Aurora Tevez, Aurora came out on top uh, and well, she yeah, she's a little gem for the house of cards. She she saved our bacon a little bit, didn't she? Because we didn't have a very good night that night, but but she did. So um, I think the backstory for those four ladies were they they were primarily with us for a very long time. They were with us sort of in you wouldn't call them dark days, but almost like the when Reach started and it was. Um, we didn't have the facilities we have now and we didn't have the exposure we had. You know, the real early days of trying to build yeah. this thing, all four of them were with us at that point. And one really important thing to me was, to, it was a decision we were trying to make, me and my, my business partner at the time, about who, you know, do we bring in someone from NXT UK? Because uh, Millie McKenzie, uh, Millie McKenzie was the women's champion, but she went to the WWE and we helped her relinquish the title and said, look, go, Look, thank you for everything you did for us. Go do your thing. And the door was open for a try and make no mistake. Um, um, but we were like, do we perhaps look at an option from NXT UK? Do we bring, you know, Amelia McKenzie back? What, what do we do? And then it kind of hit me. Well, these four girls, these four ladies, these four fucking athletes, these warriors, right, have been busting their ass to prove. Because in the Southwest, primarily, there really was not a strong women's division. Like, really, really not a strong women's asshole. I mean, it existed in the name of one... one lady who used to train with us called uh, Adira was was around on the scene for a few years but primarily they'd usually wrestle men long before intergender wrestling was as popular as it is now because there was no competition for her and so for us it was really important to establish a strong women's division and uh, it's still building it's still growing it's you know we're, we're far from finished there's a lot of people behind the scenes we just brought stitches through again we've got an MC Freya who's, who's in training there are uh, Others that you haven't seen yet that I don't want to give any spoilers, but there's more coming, you know, and uh, I think it was a really important thing for those four ladies to have to see that we have the trust in them to say you trusted us to get to you to get you this far. You trusted us to get you this good at this job. And now we're putting trust back in you to say, OK, go out the four of you and, and have fun and, and, and make this women's championship matter. And I think they did that. And I think all four did the best that they could at that time. And uh, it was a real proud feeling for me as a coach because you just you just wanted to see them have fun, entertaining, show the skills, the years of training. You, you know, they put in, I mean, all four of those girls are wrestling every weekend now. Pretty, You know, it's not a weekend. L.A. Taylor's got to be one of the most booked, and I'm talking just holiday camp shows because we do a lot of camp, holiday camp 
sort of bookings, but actual horse shows. She's got to be one mm. of the most sought after talents, male or female, in the entire country. She, um, I spoke to LA Today, we had a good chat today, actually. She, um, I, April 9th, we got one of our academy shows, and she said, oh, I'll come down and, you know, I'll be around. I said, I don't believe you haven't got a booking. <laughs> I said, what do you mean? I said, how are you not working? She was explaining, she said, I need some damn rest because I work so much, which I kind of explained to her. I remember her, on, I told her today, I remember you on day one, think how far you've come. She's so sought after now, but so is Echo Reed, so is Aurora, and so is Ruby. And it's just really cool to be able to say, you know, to these ladies, look, this is your home. You're always going to be welcome here, but go go, spread your wings and, and may the world be your oyster. Um, mm. You know, you want to see everybody do well. And, uh, you know, it's a proud thing. And I'm particularly proud because Aurora, House of Cards, right? So so getting the win was uh, is like a, a double thumbs up. If she'd have lost, she'd have been in trouble. <laughs> each one of those uh, warriors, uh, each, they each have their own uniqueness uh they're completely different from one another whether it's their aesthetic look or and their style of wrestling and i think that's what again made that match so good as they were all different and they were all able to bring something different to the table but they're, they're all to that point they're all competitors they're all fierce like i don't think i mind me saying this they can all be right little bitches believe <laughs> me. Uh, like each one of them each one has their own real fire about them. And they have no problems getting in there with the guys and tussling with the men. They have absolutely no problems telling somebody where to go when, you know, when they're in the zone and they're, you know, these are, they're as tough, if probably tougher than a large portion. Most of the, the, the men we got wrestling, these four women, they don't have no problems, you know, letting me know if there's a problem. <laughs> they, they have no real, real issues explaining how they think something should go or how something should be. Well, they're taken very seriously as performers because they're very serious performers. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's, it's in one breath can be frustrating because, but in the next breath, it's fantastic because you, their passion uh, is it's shown match in match out week in, week out, every time they wrestle, you see their passion, their dedication. I'll say to them, well, why don't you do this thing? And that they're, they're almost telling me, shut up, let me do it my way. And you're like, all right, all right, what do I know? I'm only the coach. <laughs> but then they go, they go and put a match on and you think, God damn, right? Okay, let them go, let them let them fly. You know, I think that was the that was a real nice moment, I think, for them in reach to see that we had trusted them to, like you said, go out and each one show their individual personality and their own style and, and just, just go out and, and kill it. Great co-main event. And, Mark, look, before we talk about the main event itself, we, we must say that ahead of what happened, the British Wrestling Council had stripped you of making any decisions regarding matchups. They had placed Joey Seven unfairly as this enforcer that didn't need to be there. Right. And then... Whilst all of that's distracting you, because unfortunately, apparently they had to remove the house of cards, whilst you're being distracted by all of that, super kick, tombstone. So it was unfair. That was really polite. Thank you. <laughs> great, great. See, see we're, we're double thumbs up right now. We're, we're all good. We're all good. It, it was uh, a lot of shenanigans. Um, I've had a lot of time to think about it, and I'm, I'm sort of getting over it a little bit. Uh, it takes time. takes time. I lost that in front of 656 people. 
after I talked for so long how I was going to be Eddie Roy to then losing, I think what someone told me was 28 seconds. Like, who records that? But they told me 28 seconds was uh, on the biggest show we've ever produced. I didn't expect the main event as a champion and go down in, in 28 seconds. So a little bit of humble pie. It did take me a month to um to get over it. I'm, I'm getting there now. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I have to look at what's next. And the thing is, I never thought I'd say this, but I'm man enough to admit you've got to give Eddie Ryan credit where it's due. He capitalised um, on uh, Joey Seven's nonsense and the British Wrestling Council's nonsense. And, you know, I could be mad now. I could be shouting. I could be super angry. But what's the point? It's not going to change the decision. Uh, I've got a rematch clause uh, that I can use when and if I feel I need to. Uh, there's a little bit we've got to sort between now and, and that day. You know, it can take a loss like that. It can take a lot out of you. So I've got some time to think. So I shan't be competing uh, in Tavistock in May and I won't be competing at St. Austell and I may not be competing in July uh, uh, when we return to Plymouth so I just need some time to to recap and rethink and maybe change my my game plan because a night like that can affect you mentally and the more I talk about it the more annoyed I'm getting so maybe we uh, well done to Eddie Ryan I try to be a sportsman um, but as you say a lot of shenanigans that we could probably have avoided if we'd have just met one-on-one the right way so Indeed. Uh, let's talk about, as you say, next show, live in Tavistock, free. Uh, it is on the 1st of May. The front row is already sold out. You only have general tickets available at £10, and only around about over 50 at the moment remaining. So very uh, close to yeah. another sellout. Likely so. Tavistock always sells really late. It's really odd. There's like a month to go um, for the show, maybe five weeks, I think, um, four weeks. And it always takes a, a real mad hard hit at the end. I don't know why it does this whenever we go to Tavistock, but tickets kind of rolling a little bit here, a little bit there. And uh, and then suddenly it's like a mad rush the last two weeks with Tavistock. So I think we've got 50, 60 to go, something like that. So I imagine they'll sell. Um, it'll sell out. We haven't really done any any large advertising. We don't advertise until about in the actual town to about a month before the show. Mm. So um, I'm away this weekend, but when we come back next week, we'll pop into Tavistock get some posters up we've got a big banner going up outside the venue for about three weeks before the show so there's a little bit of uh, a little bit of advertising to do so we we pretty much hit just under 50 percent of tickets sold before we've really done any serious advertising other than just a bit of social media uh, to remind everybody we've announced the matches um, we know we've got a couple of title matches there we know uh, we've got you know uh, some returns uh, joey seven's back after his uh, neck injury um you know so it's quite I think it's one of those, I think it's one of our better shows. Quality-wise, I think it's it's one of our better shows. Uh, Toby Valentine, you've got uh, Willis and Sinners are back, an old team from uh, from Reach a few years ago. Some real good, Grayson Reeves uh, was going to quit and has been pulled back in before he could even uh, step foot out the retirement door. So he, uh, so uh, yeah, a little bit of a, little bit of work to do to get it sold out, but I'm pretty sure we'll get there. Yeah, I mean, you have, you've got four announced matchups, which are look set to be fantastic matches. Uh, the women's championship match, LA Taylor, Aurora, you know, two powerful young warriors. It's going to be going to be great. Uh, pulling Grayson Reeves back to face new heavyweight champion, Mr. Eddie Ryan, the British Lion, should be uh, an exciting matchup. Lucky versus country big 
Uh, it's a great little underdog story to be told here because yeah. uh, Lucky's going to be very much undersized in that match. But yeah, um, very. His, his name, well, it, it says itself, doesn't it? It's, it's Lucky. And yeah. uh, you've got the Southwest Express, as you say, Joe Costa, Joey Seven versus the winners and sinners. Well, to- Toby Valentine. And oh, sorry, Toby Valentine. Yeah, uh, should be an absolutely uh, fantastic match. Yeah, uh, and be- then. You are in St. Austell. Yes. And I've not got the date. Ah, terrible. Uh, that'll be June 25th. There we go. And tickets will go on sale well tonight, midnight. And today, this episode will go out today. So they will be available from today uh, on, uh, is it reach.co.uk? Uh, yeah, reachwrestling.com, actually, it'll be. Um, and there'll be a link there where you can purchase. Uh, we'll get it all over our social media pages as soon as they go out. Um, assuming I'm, I'm, our team's still up and I'm waiting and ready to go, but I'm sure they'll, they'll have it posted like almost within the within the seconds. Usually, <laughs> it's straight up there, ready to go. And we normally sell. I think this is a smaller venue, so I think we've got something like 140 tickets available. So usually, you'll probably 50% of that will be gone in before you've even you know picked me phone up to check a page. It'll, you know, so with that one, I really, really, really recommend getting in fast. Uh, we've managed to get 40 front row seats. So the hope is that, you know, and, and it's tier seating, really good venue um, for everybody to get. Some venues, I've seen other shows in it, not everybody gets the best view, but here you, you've really got a good uh, good chance to get to get to see the action. Uh, nice venue. St. Austell is nice down in Cornwall. I don't really like Cornwall, but uh, I don't mind going to St. Austell to uh, do some work. Besides, I can sit backstage and watch uh, watch Aurora in the hopes that she... Uh, um, go through Ellie Taylor and Tavistock and then gets through her opponent here. We're going to be in serious problems if she gets beat by Ellie Taylor because then we're going to Tavistock with no champions. Unless, of course, Jordan Sparks beats Alexander Gray April 9th in Plymouth. So I'm keeping my fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Now, before we talk about your academy, because we spoke a little bit about it, uh, but we'll talk about it just a little bit more. Uh, question that we typically ask all our guests. And that is uh, our Mount Rushmore British wrestling, or what we like to call the Mount Rushton. We don't think British wrestlers get talked about enough when talked about in the best of the world. So if you could pick four wrestlers, they can be personal to yourself as well. If you could pick four wrestlers for a Mount Rushmore, Rushton, who are you going to put on there? Are they got to be British? Got to be British, yeah. And what... What's the context? Just just over everything, like what they've done for the business, what they've done for British wrestling. What they've yeah, done well, for- what they've done for the for British wrestling, or even yourself in your own uh, your own evolution as a, a wrestler. So somebody like one of your coaches, absolutely no problem. But okay, yeah. In that case, in the, uh, so mine might be a little bit odd, but this I'll try to mix my opinions along with what I think I've seen, and I think firstly. Brit- Finley, the wrestler Finley, for me, is perhaps the most believable pro wrestler I ever saw. He, he, and I thought Doug Williams was believable when I was like in my early 20s and I started watching British wrestling. And I was like, wow, this, this guy, he made me think like that's what a professional wrestler can do, all that tech and fancy. He was a big heavyweight. And I was just like, wow. Like, I, I just like, that's what a wrestler is, what I saw Doug Williams I then started to watch more of Finley because he was Irish, and I was like, "Oh, there's another one from Britain." Like, 
to me, those two, when I was in my early 20s, I just thought, that must be, that must be the best match that the UK can offer. Um, but all a bit wiser now. And, and, and I think you've got to put, I might just have to put those two on just because of the effect that they had on my version of British wrestling, of how I saw British wrestling. Just seeing Finlay, just he is an astonishing baddie. Um, say heel, can I say that here? Yes, yeah, like a heel, right? He, um, he just is his heat and his ability to know exactly when to give a goodie his moment and know exactly when to take it away. He is just a master, an absolute. People used to say that um, William Regal was particularly good or Chris Benoit was particularly good. I didn't think Chris Benoit or William Regal, I didn't think either was as good as Finley. I, I just didn't. I mean, nothing against either of those two. But I want, I'd back them against Finley every day. I would back Finley against either of them every day. And, and, and I'm sure someone will hear that and say, well, you don't know what you're talking about, jackass. <laughs> to which I'll say, okay, well, you know, I don't care about their opinion. Maybe they don't care about mine. But Finley just, oh, is it like, is what a bad man. I mean, but like just a, a real solid professional wrestler so I put him there and I got to put Doug Williams because I got to wrestle Doug um, and uh, I saw Doug we booked Doug recently I saw Doug again at one of our shows I hadn't seen him in years it's nice to see him good um, they, what was it they called him to see him back yeah it's just nice to see he's back you know going around the world again I keep seeing on his on his social media pages he's in Germany the other day and in America the other day he's back like you could never get out of this business game <laughs> once you're in it's not hard to get out but I'd probably put those two on. And I think I just I wonder because I'll say Joe Ribbon again and I'll, just because I believe when we encompass what I believe is a, the best professional wrestler is different to what a lot of people believe. And a lot of people got their head up their own ass so they don't really understand what they're looking for when they're looking for a good professional wrestler. Um, Joel is I think better now than he was when he was in NXT. I think he's much better now. He's a wiser, more mature man. He's and he he's better for British wrestling today. He's better for British wrestling today. And those in the business might understand what I mean. That they might not. I don't know. But if they've got two brain cells and some ability, they'll understand what I'm talking about. But he, he's 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 better for British wrestling the way he is today. Now the Joe Reverend that we see today. So I'd put him on because I truly believe he's, he's probably surpassed those that he looked up to. And the fourth guy I would put on, and this one is a respect thing, is a chap called Ricky Knight. Ricky Knight is a promoter from Norwich who has WAW. And, and Ricky, I believe, has given more chances to more bloody people that had come and gone through British wrestling over the past 20, 25 years. He has given so many opportunities to so many people. And often they, you get the feeling they sort of forget that he's helped them out and, He's a good pal of mine, so a little bit biased, but I mean, his son Roy is one of my favourite people in all British wrestling. I do love Roy. I don't see him enough. He's seven hours away, so it's a long way for me to go. But but Ricky just, every time I talk to him, I, I love to talk to him. He's salty, honest man, and I like honesty. Really high for me, or number one. Like, he's just an honest man and uh, doesn't mess about, and you know what you're getting, you know where you're standing. He, real good guy that has given so many opportunities to so many people over the years. Kind of like Brian Dixon, someone who checked around all star with all, all lots of shows. But Ricky, I always felt was was 
as fair as one could be, perhaps sometimes even too nice to people. And um, that's probably not the image that people think of when they don't know him. But he's a guy that gave a lot of opportunity, me included, to a lot of people to make money. And, and that's the important thing. He gave a lot of opportunity to a lot of people to make money in doing something they love. And he's got to be on there for me because he still still works now. I did a show with Ricky a few months back. He's in the ring, 67 years old. I turned up, he said, you want to work tonight? And I said, uh, he's he's a worker. He's a, He charmed me into the ring. He said, come on. He said, I can't have someone as good as you sat on the sideline. I was like, oh, all right, I'll wrestle. I got in my gear and I was like, oh, he's talking to it. God damn. Without it, before I even knew what happened. He's just a worker like the rest of us, but he's a good, honest man and, I'd put Ricky Knight up there, I think, because of his contribution to British wrestling. I mean, when they when they got 4,000 or 5,000 in uh, Norwich's, I don't know, is it called Carroll Road? Norwich. Right. When they got 4,000, 5,000, they had Booker T, Mick Foley. I was looking through social media and most people were talking about, I can't remember the name of the company, some other company that just drew 200 down a road, not in Norwich. And I was just like, I was like, we've got Booker T, Mick Foley and 4,000 people in a football stadium. And I think someone else got promoted a year that year in the British Wrestlers Reunion or whatever they call that bloody thing. I just couldn't understand. <laughs> I just couldn't understand what was going on when he threw a football stadium 4,000 and someone else draws 300 and gets a, you know, but whatever. You know, you can't, you can't lose sleep over that stuff. But there's a guy that uh, is, is all my respect and love in the world. And I, w- I would put him on um, for his contribution. I, I, I like that list. I very much like that list. I like, because I like Joe. He's definitely big on mine. And uh, as you say, Finley. His son now, David Finley, doing great things <laughs> over in New Japan. Uh, he's oh, doing wow. some well, that makes great sense. stuff over in a. He's part of uh, what they call themselves Finn Juice, uh, Juice Robinson, the former CJ Carter of NXT, and uh, David Finley. Okay. They've been tag team champs. They've been doing very well. And then, of course, uh, Ricky Knight, Ricky Knight Jr. Right now, twenty one oh, years old. Lovely young man. Good. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I talk to Ricky now and then. Good, good guy. Another lovely young man. Um, good head on his shoulders. He's yeah. got a, uh, he, he may be, you know, you talk about sort of, you talk about the guys that may make, I mean, he's cleaning up now. He's willing to, every time I see him, I have four belts once. So I sent a message saying, how many clothes you got now? I got four. I think you said I got eight. I was like, of course you have. But he's just like, you know, you, but he's a good, good, good geezer. Good. Uh, I love Ricky. I haven't seen him in a long time either. But um, good guy. Yeah, he's, He's, so is, is he in Japan as well, is he? Or is he, you just said uh, he's... He just main-evented York Hall uh, alongside uh, Will Ospreay uh, in oh. front of... I, I think York Hall holds about 900, maybe. So, Numbers. Ex- excellent match, really. And Ricky Knight, for his... As he's 21 years old and... Could always be considered one of, you know, if right at the top, he's main-eventing... Yeah. And it deservably so. And uh, so yeah, great to see uh, the, the, the family it. name live on. Yeah, what is he, like third generation? I mean, you, you just think like Randy Orton's third generation, right? Ask yourself, if the Knight family were based in America and not the UK, would he be in WWE now? Do you see what I mean? Like, because yeah. they're in the UK, obviously, it's, it's the, 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 the route there is not as easy as if, say, you're, you're, you're American or, or uh, there's a, there is a route there, don't get me wrong. But I do wonder things like that because it can be tougher, obviously, if we're not right under their nose. WWE got scouts all over the globe. I realise that. But it does make you think he's a third generation wrestler. And if you look at his granddad and his dad, he, he's coming from good stock. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> he's coming from pretty good. I mean, he's another one. I mean, 
he's very verbal about how much he loves wrestling in the UK and is saying he's one of these that's like, I don't want to go to America and become a star. I want to make British wrestling the best British wrestling yeah. can be. And I so, so much love that about uh, that when he gave that uh, impassioned promo against uh, Mr. Osprey. Uh, let's talk about your academy uh, down in... Well, I'll let you introduce your academy. It's, it's your academy. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah, so we... The Ridge Academy is based out of Plymouth. Unit 10 is where, where we're based. Um, we, we're just... The disclaimer is we work hard. I've got to go from the top. We, we just work hard. There's no way around it. There's no... There's no. You can't creep your way in. You can't sneak your way through. You're going to have to come and you have to embrace the grind. You have to come along and work bloody hard. But... We're also, our success speaks for itself. It didn't in the beginning, and we had to hype it, hype it, hype it. We don't have to do that no more. We've churned out enough good talent, and, and there's more coming constantly, where I think people now realise, bloody hell, there's something in the water down there in, in Plymouth. And effectively what it is, is, is hard work, professional first, wrestler second. We are teaching from day one the tools required to be professional in our business. Long before you can do a bleed nip, toss, arm drag, Tope suicidal. I don't care. I want my hospitals moves. I don't care. I don't. I don't give them monkeys. I care about bringing professional people into our business so that the standard is better for everybody. So that hopefully, to Ricky Knight Junior's point, we can all make British wrestling bigger, better, bigger stars in British wrestling means more money for everybody in British wrestling. Hopefully, it means a better deal for all of our fans in British wrestling. If if we can provide better shows for our fans, that is the ultimate goal. But to do that, you've got to build the right talent and you've got to build them the right way. And like I was saying earlier, the Jordan Sparks, the Toby Valentine's, the Joe Costa, 21 years old, full of testosterone, ready to go at any second. You've got to say to these guys sometimes, take your time, relax, let's review where we are, what did we do well? And some talented people coming through the doors. My job is can be difficult as a coach, but can be so easy when they can do anything you ask them. <laughs> you know? So it it, we just, we're a family. We're a dysfunctional family, but we're a family. There is no exclusion anywhere, whether you're, I mean, and I mean anywhere. Nobody is not welcome. I mean, the odd one or two that are blacklisted from mistakes they've made, but we won't waste time, you know, with them. The, there's, there's nobody, nobody gets treated unfairly when they come through the doors. Because at the end of the day, it don't matter if you're black, white, green, or yellow, it, it don't matter. And it don't matter if you're male, female, and non-binary, all these different things that exist in today's world. There's an inclusion. When you get in that ring, or when you're doing your conditioning, when you're doing your push-ups, when you're doing your running, when you're reciting matches and, and, and all these things, everybody's the same. We're all the same. We're all the same. It doesn't matter whether you come from a, a millionaire's background or you come from the, the shed down the road. It don't matter. Because you all work out together, you all wrestle together, and you all grind together. And I think there's that thing that it doesn't, nobody starts 10 out of 10 quality wise. We all start somewhere, but you ain't gonna get no better. You ain't gonna get no, no more out of life if you ain't trying. And I think the big thing has always been since day one of having the school. I'm sure on day one, when I was saying this stuff, people were saying, This man's a lunatic. What's he talking about? Three years later, people are starting to sort of turn around and go, well, he might have a point, this guy. You know, he might have know what he's talking about. It's nice to finally have people come in and listen and, and, and realize, well, actually, there's a different perspective here. If we 
if we just let you have it, you haven't gained anything, you haven't learned anything. In the journey, you learn along the way. It is not the goal at the end, it's the journey to get there. Um, it's no, nobody just wakes up and is a great pro wrestler. <laughs> They've got to put a lot of work in. And we ensure that we give them the best opportunity to become a great pro wrestler. And we give plenty of opportunity to do so. But you've got to work for it. And no matter whether you start as the, the slowest and the most body fat and the most, you know, shy, lack of confidence, or whether you start as the captain of the sports team that did a knee injury playing football and now he's coming to be the biggest wrestling star in the world, you know, full of piss and vinegar. Whatever the deal is, wherever you start, everybody, everybody's journey is different, but everybody goes on the journey. And I, I'm really proud to say that we include, like I say, everybody uh, from all walks of life. And it, we're a family that just, we grind together with one goal, is to make professional wrestling better uh, in this part of the country and all of the country. If we can reach, no pun intended, as many or as different or, or versatile types of people, if you don't try, you don't know. And I think the big thing is people... They always fear, oh, what if I get there and they make me do a thousand push No one does a thousand push-ups, glad <laughs> to say. No one's going to have to run 10 miles. You know, we weren't born yesterday. You know what I mean? We work you to your limitations, but you do get, you do build your limits. You know, like you're going to get fitter. You're going to get leaner. You're going to get stronger. You're going to get smarter and you're going to get wiser. You're going to get more professional. You're going to learn about our business as you go. It's not for everybody. It's not for everyone. But I cannot stress enough. If you don't try this thing, you'll never know what you're missing. You know, you'll never know. And uh, a good thing to do sometimes is to, to speak to people that have been there, ones that have come and gone, perhaps, or ones that are still there, because it's easy for me to sit here and sound like a salesman. Do you know what I mean? It's easy for me to sit here, but of course I'd say it's this and it's that and it's that because it's my school. So I'm bound to say that, right? Speak to the people. You could even speak to the people that have left. You know, maybe there are people that... Maybe maybe they've got a different story and maybe they tell the story that we were, you know, whatever. I don't know. But our passion and our love for, for British wrestling and pro wrestling, you can call me anything. You can't call me a liar. <laughs> our passion for pro wrestling is, is as real as it gets. And our, our desire to bring through professional wrestlers uh, that love what we do and love to perform and, and most importantly, care about our fans the, that's the goal and um, we're hitting it out we're hitting home runs now it took a long while to get it but now we're hitting home runs Ellie Taylor Joey Seven Jordan Sparks Joe Costa Echo Reed, Ruby Aurora Toby Valentine Alexander Gray uh, Stitches now is coming through um, Max Jaguar has just started um, in the ranks Heath Jack Best uh, Barton Hyde uh, Jesus Christ I, you know I if you if I don't if, if I don't cut myself off I'm going to be gone for the next 20 minutes I'm going to run out of tape you know what I mean um but just great group of young talent coming up, and I great it, group of it's it's there to see on that comedy royal because you say twenty people, so you can tell already. So I tell you what, let's have a bit of fun. I'm going to pretend I'm the promoter of a top London promotion out there. I'm sure most people recognise once they start saying the names. Uh, now <laughs> we'll uh, do sort of like an eight an eight match card. Uh, three women's matches and uh, we'll start with an, a, kind of like an academy match and I'm sure even if you haven't seen him you might have heard these guys names by reputation so they're the close personal friends it's Danny Black, Callum Newman Maverick Mayhew and just Joe Lando 
So who do you think from your academy would you put up against those four young men right there? Are any of them heavyweights? No. They're I all, thought uh... that, yeah. In that case, that's kind of what I thought. So if not, I'd put all four of them against Barton High, a four and one. <laughs> See Barton High. He's 19 and a half stone and six foot three. He's a big How's boy. That? He's <laughs> a very big boy and he's destructive. So there you go. Four and one handicap. And I'll take a hand against them. So <laughs> Callum, Callum Newman is uh he's I think he's gotta be about six foot at he's 19 years old at six foot and one of oh. the most athletically gifted. But yeah, I will give it to you. He but I've seen Barton Hyde, he is a big boy and he's got a great look, mean little mask. Okay, two tough, tough women, Mercedes Blaze and Tonga. Hmm. I guess we could have those two wrestle. Uh, they could wrestle. What if we said Aurora and Stitches? Uh, they're both uh, both heels, both mean, <laughs> both uh, both like the fight, <laughs> both like the scrap. So if all of them like the scrap, we get a we get a real athletic athletic dance there. I think we'd probably say Stitches and Aurora. That sounds like a great women's match. Okay, uh, Warren. Banks, one of the hardest working men right now. Hmm. Well, I heard of Warren Banks actually. He, um, yeah, I'm sure I've even spoken to him more. Warren Banks. Mm. He's been taking over the South, or well, pretty much most of it. More on my side, the East, but uh, certainly been Warren making Banks. a name for himself. I reckon you. Maybe we put Warren Banks against hard working. What about Joe Costa? He's a two-county powerlifting champion. He's uh, insanely physically <laughs> well-conditioned. You get two real hard-working guys. Then it becomes a case of uh, who quits first. I like that. I like that. Uh, she's actually now gone to Impact Wrestling, but it is Giselle Shaw. I like Giselle. She's one of the best uh, female wrestlers I, I saw in this country that I've ever seen in this country. We, yeah. we had her for a couple of our shows. We were going to try and get her in again, but the dates didn't match up. She's fantastic. I'm not surprised that she went to Impact. Not at all. Force of she's brilliant. Really good. Uh, you, you got to say, you got to be L.A. Taylor in it. It's got to be. Giselle Shaw, L.A. Taylor. My, my other women's match was going to be Riho. So I don't know if you okay, maybe in that case, let's say let's have Giselle Shaw. She's super athletic, right? Yeah. So maybe I'd put her against Ruby. She's a former four-time British cheerleading champion, and she is insanely athletic, like insanely athletic. So you'd probably get a, a real athletic scrap because a real against Ellie Taylor probably sounds a little bit more a bit more yeah. juicy. <laughs> I, I love this because even when I was booking it in my head, I'm like, right, I, I know who I pick. Now let's think who, who he might pick. I don't know. When, Rio, I'm like Rio, LA Taylor. That's a, that's a good that's, scrap. That's a good scrap. Uh, they're the team that took the titles from the Smoking Aces. It is the 0121, which Birmingham lads, Dan Maloney, man like Doris. Good guys, yeah. Um, I spoke to Doris not long ago. Um, I reckon, see, they're not bad. I want them to wrestle country bigger than a fox, really. That's because they're our tech champs. That's their, that's the that's the scrap in it. That's the one you got to have. Like uh 
That to me is a, a, a good matchup. The fox, he's a big, he's deceptively large. He's another one, deceptively large. He's, what, I mean, he's 16 and a half stone, but he's he's like six six. You, you don't realize how big he is till you walk closer to him and you're like, wait a minute, <laughs> I've wrestled him before. And I was kind of like, how are we how are we doing this? Like <laughs> he's, he's like deceptively large, like big frame. So that I reckon we go country country bigger than fox. I'd be I'd, I'd pay I'd like to see that those four. I would like to see that. I'm pretty sure the foxes have met across uh, the, uh, the 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 Birmingham lads. So uh, that, yeah, very interesting one. Uh, now their champion right now is Jonathan Gresham. The former champion was Karen Noir. And I'm going to see if you picked it the same way I did. So Karen Noir versus Eddie Ryan, Joel Redmond versus Jonathan Gresham. Yeah, I think Redmond and, and Gresham is the right way to go in it. I think that's the because that's one of those ones where you where you sort of go like, okay, this this is gonna be good. <laughs> and even if that's not your style of wrestling, you sort of know like oh, you're gonna have fun here. And you sort of like get your popcorn and you're like, here we go. And and that Jonathan Grisham is fantastic, isn't he? He he's very, very good. And I don't know exactly what happened with him or I heard like AEW bought them or whatever, but but I guess he's making that belt still relevant, right? Because he's yeah. walking around. He won a title, saying we well, won a champion still, and he won the progress title. Yeah, just recently. So, he, so it's not too bad for a guy that's effectively just lost his job. I'm assuming as we won a champion, he seems to be doing pretty good. <laughs> so yeah, it's not a bad turnout for the books for him. But him and him and Joe, I think, would be a lovely, lovely scrap. A Cara Noir, he uh, he's the one that does the uh, kind of. You know, not peacock. What's it called? A uh, very like flamboyant, a yeah, but kind yeah, of ballet, yeah. I'll tell you, what, I, I wrestle him. I wrestle Car in the War because uh, I've got a tendency to be a bit more flamboyant too. I think I've got a tendency to be a little bit over the top <laughs> uh, when I'm not getting beaten in 28 seconds. So I would, uh, I'd wrestle Car in the War, and I'd uh, tell him that uh, I cut one of his wings off. Can't be that flamboyant then. Uh, when he's laying on his back, I just whisper in his ear that I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm Jason King. Remember the name, something like that. That's excellent. I think that is two top promotions from the south right now. now if they collide, it would be absolutely fantastic, and those matchups would be super. Is there anything else uh, you'd like to cover uh, before we? Uh... No, I, I enjoyed myself. I just had a good time. This was nice. I wanted to talk with you guys because I really enjoyed last time I came on. This was. You know, I've had a lot of podcasts over the years. It's one of my favourites. Um, I just like the the Mount Rushton thing and the these kind of questions are always interesting because a lot of the time, I'm, if I don't know the answer, I think, well, this is good. it's good for me to probably learn a little bit about who's on top where because I'm always looking for different talent to come into reach. So when you're saying these names, I'm thinking, oh, this guy's popular or that guy's popular. So it's really, really, really cool. <laughs> it's quite a, like a it's almost like a an hour or an hour and a half of I get to relax and just. Just talk wrestling. wrestling. Yeah. It's what we love, what right? I love to do best. And uh, as you say, that's excellent. Uh, I think we're okay. Well, that said, just remember, ladies and gentlemen, don't feed the trolls. <laughs> <laughs>